calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Realm Presents Bullet Catcher, Season 3, Episode 14. The last days of Watertown. This is it. They've made up their minds. They're leaving Watertown. Knack decides to deliver the message to Raziel and the gunslingers himself. Rainer had lobbied to go with him, but someone needs to stay behind to oversee the evacuation. And besides, who knows how Raziel would react to seeing Rainer again? There's too much history and bad blood there. It's evening, and he's nearly made it to the top. He's past traders and travelers, and even the odd gunslinger, who stared him down as he rode by on the road. He stops and dismounts and looks out on the valley below. He's so high up that he's above the clouds. The air is wet and heavy with the mist of the waterfall, the stones slick and red underfoot. Below, through the mist, he can just make out Watertown and the collection of wagons lined up down Main Street, being readied for the drive south. It looks so small from up here. That's how they see us, he thinks. In the end, they never came back. Nico, or Cass, or Emma. He wonders if they'll show up a day or a week from now. What will they find then? The charred remains of Watertown. The small cemetery with the graves dug up and the bones scattered. The river dammed and dry. What will they do then? The light turns red as the sun approaches the horizon. He better get moving if he wants to make it back before it gets too dark. He climbs back atop the horse and continues his journey, slowing as he nears the summit. His horse droops its head as though gravity's increasing the higher they climb. He crests the summit. The trail continues inland before turning left, cutting across the field and over the river via a new wood bridge erected in place of the dam to access damnation on the far side of the river. The city has grown since Nack last saw it. New barracks and fortifications grow like tumors on the backside of the small city. 
From the other side of the river drift the sing-song voices of carousing gunslingers as they spend their wages in the local taverns. He taps his spurs against his horse's belly, and they set off down the path and over the bridge. He's not halfway across when a trio of gunslingers on horseback ride up to meet him. State your business, Southlander, one of them says in an official tone. I'm from Watertown. I've come to negotiate our official surrender. They make him dismount. Then they lead him on foot through the town and back out toward the new barracks at the far end. Here, young gunslingers, fresh-faced and clean-shaven, practice marching and shooting and hastily put up target ranges, all while being barked orders at by equally young soldiers. The gunslingers guide Nack through this barely-controlled mayhem to a large tent made from dark canvas, embroidered with brass-colored filigree along the entrance. The flaps are pulled open from within, and the gunslingers push him in. It's dark inside. A circle of light from the air vent at the top of the tent shines like a spotlight on the large table before him, behind which sits Raziel, looking old, like she's not a person at all but a golem of clay and stone. She's flanked by two teenage-looking gunslingers, their hands resting on the butts of their guns, looking at Nack as though hoping he'll give them a reason to shoot him. He doesn't take the risk, keeping his hands up the whole time. I've come to negotiate our surrender, he says. So I've heard, says Raziel. She flicks a hand and the gunslingers leave. They're alone. The gunslingers are recruiting children now, I see. Our troops are depleted, Raziel answers seriously. These new ones are raised on stories of war, but they've never been in one. They bully a town of Southland hicks and farmers and think they're stepping on the same battlefield that their grandparents once walked, like they're some kind of heroes for burning down a barn. Sounds rough. Raziel pushes the hair from her face and measures Knack with her eyes. She gets up tiredly, comes around the table, and stands toe-to-toe with him. It's the first time Knack realizes how much shorter she is than him. But it doesn't matter. Even with her scythe-like rifle propped against the table, out of reach, she strikes an imposing figure. She plucks a star from his chest and holds it in her fist like she's going to grind it to dust. And what do you know of war, Sheriff? Enough to know I want no part in one. Raziel nods, goes back around the table, and sits back down. She slams a star on the desk. You should have left when I told you to, she says. Now, it's too late. By tomorrow morning, everyone in Watertown will be dead. You can't do that. We surrender. The order came down this morning. You said so yourself. Those aren't soldiers down there. They're not bullet catchers. They're farmers and traders, and they're leaving. Let me tell you what I know about war, Sheriff. I know that if you're going to start one, you better well know that you can win it. Watertown might just be a hick town, but left unchecked, the powers that be believe it could be the site of a revolution. If we put it down now, before it starts, we will win the next war before it begins. If we let it be, maybe not. And what do you think? What I think is irrelevant. I'm a soldier. I follow orders, 
That's why I'm still alive. That's why those who rode with me during the war made it out the other end in one piece. If you do this, it won't be a war or a battle. It'll be a crime. Raziel stares at him for a beat, and she puts her fingers to her lips and whistles. The two gunslingers come back inside. Lock him up. Hold him until after the raid. They grab him by the shoulders, turn him around, and lead him out of the tent. Raziel watches him go. The guards pull the entrance flap aside, and evening light floods in, before letting it drop, plunging the room back into darkness. The night is dark. The light from the lantern shrinks from the shadows all around, and makes the packing that much slower. Rainer opens up his pocket watch and checks the time. Nearly 1 a.m. Something's happened. Nack should have been back hours ago. Rada loads another armful of things onto the wagon and stops to wipe his brow. How much longer, you reckon? Rainer asks. The way things are going, we might not be done till sunup. It takes a long time, packing up a whole town. Rainer looks toward the plateau. Something's definitely wrong, he thinks. He turns back to Rado. No, we leave within the hour. The people won't like it, and Nack isn't even back yet. He'll have to catch up. Whatever's left, it's not worth dying over. Rado runs off to deliver the news. Rainer stares in the direction of the plateau. Nack, where the hell are you? The gunslingers lead Nack into a makeshift jail cell, little more than a steel cage inside a large canvas tent. There's a wood bench on one side of the cell and a bucket in the other. They throw him inside and lock the cage behind him. The guards stand just outside the tent. The flaps of the entrance are pulled aside so they can look in and check on him periodically. Nack slumps onto the bench and runs his fingers through his hair. Through the opening, he watches as the orders to assemble ring through the gunslinger camp. Excited young soldiers run back and forth across his field of vision, relaying the message and readying themselves to fight. Nack looks desperately for a way out of the cell. The makeshift jail was clearly not meant to hold anyone for any long period of time. The cage sits on the ground, but there are no bars across the bottom, just the soft, muddy earth. He could dig his way out, but there isn't enough time, and besides, the guards unfailingly check on him every few minutes and there's nothing he can do. So he grabs the bars and shakes them. He kicks. He screams at the top of his lungs, get me out of here! Until finally the guards have had enough. They duck into the tent and lower the flap. It's just the three of them. The two gunslingers and Knack locked in the cage. But now, one of them takes out the keys and opens the door. Knack backs up until he's right up against the far end of the cage. He knows what's going to happen next, if only he can get past these two kids, maybe he can get out of the camp, too, and back to Watertown before it's too late. But it's quickly apparent they're not going to give him the chance. The first one pulls out his gun like he's been itching to draw it since he enlisted, and this is the first time he's gotten the chance to point the business end at a real, live human being. There's no one here but us, he says, savoring the moment. Everyone else is headed down to Watertown to take care of your friends. By the time they get back, they'll have forgotten all about you. I could shoot you right here, and no one would hear it. I could dump your body in the river, and it'll just go over the falls, and no one would ever find you or even come looking. 
What do you say to that? Nax steals himself. I think that if you were a real man, you'd put that toy away and fight me fair. But the gunslinger just smiles. He's not interested in a fair fight. He only wants to squeeze the trigger and see what it can do to a person's body. What the hell's going on in here? The flaps of the tent have been lifted aside and standing in the passage is Raziel. She looks ready for war. She looks a good foot taller and her rifle is slung across her back. The prisoner was acting disorderly, ma'am, one of them offers. How else do you expect a prisoner to act? She seems to ask the question in earnest and waits patiently for the answer. But when the two young gunslingers only return her question with confused looks, she lets it drop. You are to report to your militia leaders. You'll be joining the force going down to Watertown. The two gunslingers can hardly contain their excitement. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. They say in unison before hustling out of the tent, nearly tripping over each other in the process. Raziel watches them go before wordlessly shutting the entrance to the makeshift jail behind them. She enters the cell and sits on the bench, propping her rifle against the bars beside her. She waits a moment to see if Knack will join her on the bench, but he keeps his distance. You asked me a question before about what I would do with Watertown if it were up to me. And you said it didn't matter. She nods. And it still doesn't. But I'd let them be. I've seen enough of fighting to know there ain't no glory in it, only death. She stands, straightens her uniform, slings her rifle over her back, and heads for the exit. She lifts the flap and watches the soldiers outside for a time, before turning back to face Knack. We're deploying in half an hour. If I see you again, I'll put a hole in your chest, and I won't lose any sleep over it. And then she leaves, dropping the flap closed again. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Knack is all alone. The door to the cell is left open, unguarded. And on the bench beside where Raziel sat is a set of clothes, neatly folded and tied with twine. On top gleaming like gold at the bottom of a clear stream. 
is Nax Star. He's still pulling on the uniform as he exits the tent. Gunslingers rush by, nearly bumping into him, but they don't so much as give him a second look. Not far from the makeshift jail, he spots a large stable where the horses are being brought out by handlers to line up gunslingers. As casually as possible, he falls into line. All around him are these young men and women primed for a fight, their hands twitchy with anticipation. While he waits, Snack taps his foot fitfully, a thing mistaken for excitement by the young woman behind him, who nudges him with her elbow and flashes him an excited smile. He does his best to mirror it, and quickly turns around to hide his face. A boy no older than 15 sits on an upturned bucket outside the stables, his face pale, looking like he's just been sick. His holster sits on the damp earth beside him. Some people aren't cut out for a fight, the young woman behind Nack says, nudging him again. They shuffle forward. The stable boy hands him the reins to a black steed with a white diamond on its muzzle. It pulls away from Nack when he takes the reins in his hands, bucking with its hind legs. Nack plants his heels in the ground and does his best to steady the horse. Careful, says the stable boy putting a hand on the horse's neck to calm it. She's only been off the plains for a few weeks. She's still basically wild. Not enough horses to go around otherwise. Nax slowly rounds the horse, sliding his hand over her neck and her belly, before planting his foot in the stirrup and swinging up into the saddle. The horse shakes its head in dissatisfaction, but doesn't buck. He gives the horse a little kick, and she accelerates into a full gallop, charging through the field toward damnation spilling over equipment racks and forcing marching gunslingers out of the way. Nack pulls desperately on the reins until the horse finally slows into a trot. Nack lets out his breath. Gunslingers pick themselves up and shoot him the evil eye as they collect themselves. At least you're fast, he says, patting the horse's neck. Good, because we're going to need it. Nack guides the horse into town, along the river and over the bridge, but instead of joining the cavalry formation... He sneaks off into a small grove of trees and thick brush. And once he's out of sight, he kicks the horse and they go flying toward where the trail dips below the crest of the plateau. They fly as fast as he dares on the slick, narrow path, winding down the side. Hold on, guys. I'm coming. The first caravans are on their way, trundling slowly down the path away from town, loaded down by families with everything they've ever owned, tethered precariously to the wagons. Rainer sees them off. He knows they aren't moving fast enough. He turns and moves down the street, clapping his hands and shouting, Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! There's a flash of something on the trail leading down the side of the plateau. Rainer pulls a scope from his pocket and points it at the plateau. It's a single rider, making their way down the trail at breakneck speed. It could only be Knack. Thank goodness for that, Rainer says to himself. And then he sees what's following him. A string of fire. The lanterns of the gunslingers marching on Watertown. Knack rides down Main Street. When he sees Rainer, he pulls on the reins, slowing down just enough to dismount. He stumbles into Rainer, who catches him. What the hell is with the gunslinger clothes? There's no time. What is everyone still doing here? You should have set off hours ago. We left it too late. A few have gotten away, but we'll never finish before the gunslingers arrive. How many are coming? All of them. They gather everyone who's able and willing to fight and form a line in the trench. Old men and women, 
kids barely on the cusp of their teenage years, mothers and fathers who tearfully kissed their spouses and their children goodbye only minutes ago. All this is the small militia left behind to defend Watertown. They're armed with rusty muskets, old six-shooters and knives, farming equipment, whatever was left after the weapons store burned. The boats on the river are ready to go, in case they're lucky enough to get to retreat. But they all know it won't come to that. At the base of the plateau, the line of fire coils into formation, readying for the final charge, slowed only by the sheer mass of gunslingers. In the trench, someone is sobbing, but no one dares draw attention to it. Knack makes his way down the line, checking on everyone. They each wear grave, resigned faces. At the end of the line stands Rainer. You should say something to them, he says to Knack when he gets to the end of the line. Something to give them strength. Knack peers over the top of the trench at the mass of gunslingers organizing not far away, the riders galloping back and forth before the gunslingers on foot. He can't spot Razio from this distance, not even with Rainer's scope, but he knows she's there somewhere. Everyone, lend me your ears for a moment. All eyes turn to him. He can see on their faces what they want from him. A way out of this, some plan or promise that all will be fine. But today, he has none of that. The bullet catchers never came back. So it's up to us. This is no longer about defending Watertown, but it is still about the future. The future of the people we save here today. I wish I could tell you that we might see tomorrow, but we all know that would be a lie. This is not about us. It's about giving the ones we love time to put enough distance between them and the gunslingers. So let's give them that. Let's give them the chance to wake up tomorrow and see the new day, and many days after that. As long as we do that, then the dream of this place will never die. It will live on with them, along with the memory of those who laid down their lives so that others may live. There's no cheering, no words at all spoken by the townspeople. Just the stoic nods of their heads, deep breaths, wiping away of tears. The ground begins to rumble. Over the edge of the trench, the firelight begins to advance. Here they come. Thank you all for standing here with me. It's an honor. Their horses can't carry them fast enough. They've been riding all day and all night without stop. Emma can hardly believe her eyes when Watertown appears in the distance, and even more so by how it appears, on fire. A short line of wagons trundles toward them on the path, and as they pass, she recognizes some of the faces, and they recognize her in turn. A woman rises in her seat and watches them pass, trailing them like the plume of dust left in their wake, are the woman's words that she shouted as they passed. Hurry, bullet catcher! Hurry! You're listening to Bullet Catcher Season 3 by Joaquin Lowe. Produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Bullet Catcher is written by Joaquin Lowe, produced by Marco Palmieri, and executive produced by Molly Barton. Performed by Inez Del Castillo. Audio produced, directed, and designed by Amanda Rose Smith. Additional editing by Corey Barton. Original theme composed by Hashem Asadolahi, with performances by Justin Morell and Josh Deutsch. Cover art by Christine Barcelona. 